the saying goes, there's lies, dang lies and statistics. But Agenda This Week is speaking to three people who beg to differ. Treasury Minister Alex Allenson and Johnny Patton, Head of Economic Advisory, tell us about the new Isle of Man government dashboard and why it's important. Also, Kelvin Corlett, Head of Statistics Isle of Man, explains how statistics are gathered and why his organisation is staunchly independent of political interference. I began by asking Minister Allenson about the new dashboard. The economic dashboard came out of a lot of the work that was done during COVID about bringing as much information together as possible, up-to-date information, so that it would help make decent policy decisions. Now, the quarterly report is still published. There's been a bit of a gap while we've um, established Statistics Isle of Man as being far more independent and robust in terms of the data they collect. So that, that will be in the public domain. But what we've done is publish the economic dashboard on the Treasury website so that people in the community or businesses can look at exactly the same data that the government use to try to analyse where we're at with our economy, but also to try to look at evidence-based policies going forward. So it, it's part of the openness of, of government, but also we're hoping that by making this public, people can actually fact fact check some of the some of the the assumptions that are made about the economy they can see what what we're seeing if they disagree with it they can contact us as well and 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 we're quite happy to explain why we've collected that data um occasionally we will we will perhaps get statistics wrong and then that feedback will help us have far more accurate and robust figures and of course the 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 figures stopped for a a little while during covid i mean we, we had been getting uh, reasonably uh, accurate up-to-date figures uh, prior to COVID and then, then they stopped. There's sort of a, a sound reason there because uh, the figures were, um, well, first of all, they would be quite alarming because of COVID and secondly, uh, um, perhaps not that reliable or helpful because we were going through a, a bit of an emergency. Um, are we pretty confident, are you pretty confident that the economic dashboard is, is likely to continue unless there's some really extreme event like that in the future? Absolutely. This, this is a start and what we're hoping on doing is growing the amount of data that, that's there. A lot of this data is publicly available, but this is a way of bringing it all together in one place. So we've got data from government itself, from the banks, from the FSA, from Douglas Borough, Borough Corporation, for instance, in terms of the footfall on Strand Street. So that when politicians say, oh, I went out Wednesday night, God, the whole town was dead. They can actually look at that and say, well, actually, Wednesday night, it was always a bit quiet. But what we've seen is a return to in a lot of the parameters to the situation it was in 2019 before the pandemic. But but you're right, during the pandemic, if you look at the number of people who were flying in and out of the island, in 2020 it flatlined because nobody was going anywhere. What we're now seeing is, is that recovery, and that's reassuring in some ways, but where we see that there hasn't been a full recovery, perhaps there's a reason for that, that we need to look into and adjust the policies to correct. Your Councillor Minister's colleague, Chris Thomas, uh, often quotes the uh, the um, well. He, his quote is um, evidence-based decision making rather than decision-based evidence making. Uh, presumably, this is the former rather than the latter. Yes, he is, and and I think nowadays because of the immediacy of social media. 
politicians aren't, aren't the only ones who sometimes will go on perceptions. They'll see something and generalise it and think it's a, it's a real problem. It was interesting, I was on the Auntie Winch Man in Line show recently and somebody phoned up um, to say that, that, that her son's friends were dropping out of university um, and, and this could be a problem and I, I promised to look into it. And the headline on, on the Manx Radio website at that point was um, warning Manx students dropping out due to high energy bills. And so I actually asked the Department for Education um, and this year they had 26 students dropping out. The year before it was 45, and the year before that it was 73. So that perception that it was a real problem actually doesn't bear out when you look at the data behind it. And I think that's what we need to do. And, and that isn't government trying to spin. It, it's If there is a problem, a real problem there, let's, let's grab it by the scruff of the neck and tackle it. But if there isn't, let, let, let's actually prove that so that we can provide the right policies, the right support for people, whether they be at university or, or in the community. And your job, Johnny Platten, head of economic advisory uh, team of the Treasury, uh, is to ensure that the evidence that the minister is using in these decisions is correct. Yes, that's right. So um, a lot of this role and a lot of this dashboard um, comes down to collecting that information, making sure that it's uh, it's correct and making sure that it's presented in a way that's useful for policymaking. So um as, as, the, as the minister said, while a lot of this information does already exist elsewhere, it's really important to bring it together and be able to put the various pieces of jigsaw together. So when we're looking at the economy and asking ourselves questions such as, how is the cost of living crisis affecting the economy? What's really happening out there? We can look at a range of parameters, not just in one area, but across things like jobs, across things like footfall, um, the traffic on the, uh, on the sea and air routes, for example, and therefore take a kind of balanced view looking across everything. And in terms of that, then, how, how do you decide which bits of the economy are worthy of reporting on the uh, the dashboard and which bits aren't? Because inevitably, well, I, I'll use an example. Uh, you won't have, for example, on the dashboard how much milk is produced or how many beef cattle there are on the island, uh, because that's a fairly specialised thing, I presume. And, and uh, uh, what you're looking at in terms of the statistics you present are more... Uh, general across the whole island. Yes, that's a very good point. I think that um, when we're looking at data sources for this dashboard and for how we present information to, to decision makers, um, you're, you might be aware that the Isle of Man in Numbers publication covers a, a range of things similar to what you just mentioned about things like the number of cattle and so forth. It collects information from DEFA's agricultural census and so forth. But when we're looking at what could be presented on a kind of weekly basis like this one is uh, to, to policy makers, we need to consider um, what information is, is available at that kind of frequency. We don't want to necessarily put in a lot of information that maybe only gets changed one, once or twice a year or even once every couple of years. Um, and then that is therefore quite out of date. So what we're looking at with this particular monitoring dashboard is, uh, is the picture as up to date as we can get it. So when we're looking at footfall, we're looking at what's happened in the past couple of weeks. When we're looking at inflation, we're looking at the latest month's inflation figures rather than these other things, which are still valid and important to look at, but perhaps on a lower frequency than we're talking about with this dashboard. So is it updated weekly or monthly then? So it depends on the data source, really. So um, some things like um, job seekers, for example, we get that information weekly. And I think during the COVID pandemic, we were even updating it every few days because we were looking at it with such a, a laser focus. Um, but other things, things like inflation is kind of monthly. Um, and there's a few other ones that come in quarterly, but we try and focus on how, making sure that everything that is on there is updated, is at least within the last month or so, um, and if possible, updated more frequent, frequently. And of course, the benefit of this is that you can then see 
um, in reasonably real time when there are significant problems starting to emerge. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's kind of why it's important to, to make sure we keep the focus on the, the bits of data that can be updated. So I mentioned the job seekers data, making sure when we, when the pandemic happened, that's a kind of clear example. And you can see on the dashboard, those couple of weeks when the, the uh, lockdown started, for example, you can see the job seekers going through the roof. And, and that kind of thing is really important to monitor at that time to make sure that we had a handle on it. And we, we knew that um, uh, what we being the feedback we were being given that there were lots of people uh, out of work, for example, from COVID, we could see that coming through. And likewise, as um, the economy restarted, we saw that number fall really quickly. And that kind of gave validation to the fact that we were seeing those reductions and it wasn't just anecdotes. And, and in terms of your role uh, as economic advisor, uh, what um, what does that actually entail? I mean, is, is it just the minister that you advise or is, do, do, do you provide advice for the whole of council of ministers, the whole of government, indeed, possibly even Tinwald? So obviously the, 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 the bulk of my work is for Treasury, but it's also worth highlighting in um, the Economic Strategy Board, which is a subcommittee of the Council of Ministers. Um, as, as the name implies, the Economic Strategy Board has been um, leading on the, deliver- on the development of the economic strategy. And so a lot of um, work has gone into preparing the economic strategy uh, the, the information and the, the reports that KPMG have produced in, in, in development of that strategy, turning that, that information into a coherent economic strategy to sit to sit over the top. That's been a big part of the, the role of the economic advisory function. And going forward, obviously, as the economic strategy has now been approved by Timworld, um, a lot of the work will be around monitoring in particular the um, progress of the strategy and the delivery of the strategy. Um, we're going to have uh, initiatives being introduced for people uh, as de- as departments start to deliver on the strategy, so that will require a lot of oversight and analysis to make sure that those initiatives are delivering as they should do. I'm guessing I know the answer to the next question. Uh, the f- the phrase goes lies, damn lies, and statistics. Presumably, you don't adhere to that uh, view. No, definitely not. I think that um, it's really important when. Um, we're dealing with statistics to make sure that they're as robust as possible, as the minister said, making sure that um, there is good, good governance in place around statistics. And I think that's why it's really important to have that. Um, the statistics a la man focusing so much on developing robust statistics so that when um, we're using those statistics in, in policy making, we can be absolutely sure that they're, they're the right ones. And then minister, I mean, is there a risk that with having this uh, information uh, in, in the way that it's presented in a, in a reasonably um, um, up-to-date uh, sort of way, because I, I do recall uh, when I was in Council of Ministers, the quarterly report um, was was very much, well, it was outdated by the time we were getting to use it, really. Um, is there a risk, perhaps, that ministers might be waiting and thinking, well, actually, we will not, uh, we'll not make a decision on this. We'll wait for slightly better figures to come, and then, uh, and then we'll make a decision at that point. Not, not really. What we're trying to do here is, as Johnny said, look at any trends that might be occurring that, that give us um, concern about the state of the economy. But also going forward with the economic strategy, as it succeeds, and I'm absolutely convinced it will, we can chart the success. So, for instance, we've said that we're going to try to create 5,000 new jobs. Now, the actual part, part of the um, 
the, the, the data, is the private sector jobs. So at the moment, we're at 36,800, which is the highest it's been since around about 2014. People can see in real time how that's developing. But they can also, by, by the, either members of the public or mem- members of Timwell, can then question us on, on, our, on our performance. And so it's getting that openness out there, I think, that's really, really important. And of course, I suppose the other side of of, of the question I asked uh, is the public will be able to wait and pick and choose the statistics which best suit their their cause. So, for example, I know um, benefits uprating takes place in September based on September's inflation uh, levels. Um, But people might say, well, actually, the inflation in August was was two or three percent higher and maybe November was a better figure and maybe we should go with that. Is, is there a risk of that? I think there's always a risk with that and that's why government have to be quite clear about their policy objectives. So we rate an awful lot of things with CPI in, in September as you've said. It would be politically expedient to, to perhaps pick a, a, a lighter month but we've actually said no it will be September rather than others um, and, and I think we need to stick with that to give that trust in the way we calculate things like benefit upgrades, things like a whole range of other other things that, that we try to key and, and tie to the economic development of the island. We saw during COVID that people became very, very interested in the COVID figures, and it was you know, the headline every single day. We also know that when the jobless figures are announced or the inflation figures, they get headlines. But what we're looking at from a government in terms of sustainable finance for the Isle of Man is those long-term trends. So it will go up and down, but let's have a look at the long-term viewpoint because that's where effective policy decisions come from. And you mentioned there the economic strategy, which was approved at November 10 World. Um, Potentially, the dashboard then could be um, maybe tweaked a little to better reflect or, or you know, reflect the, the actual ambition of the economic strategy. So if someone is interested perhaps in the climate change element of the strategy, they can go and look at a specific, specific part of the, the dashboard and say, OK, there's the climate change figures, we know where we are. Yes, I mean, for instance, with climate change, perhaps you might be wanting to look at um, air pollution at certain areas on the Isle of Man, and that might be brought in. Things like annual CO2 emissions obviously uh, have to be calculated very carefully. But with the economic strategy, looking at the number of jobs that are available, um, the number of people in work, the number of perhaps company, new companies that are here, looking at long-term GDP, obviously normally calculated quarterly or, or annually, but looking at other things like population, can we, in between censuses, get a better estimation of the number of people on the Isle of Man, perhaps the number of pupils in, in various schools? All this data is there. If we can make that available real-time, government will, ha- will have a much better idea of our successes and perhaps failures in terms of the economic strategy, and then pinpoint areas that we need to pay a bit more attention to. And uh, Johnny, I suppose, from your perspective, um, it's all well and good having all these wonderful statistics and uh, you know we can have a statistic for this we could have the dashboard used to demonstrate the success or otherwise of the economic strategy Um, but of course it takes time and resource to actually pull all this together Um, are you confident that your team is is sufficiently resourced to be able to deliver all all the uh, statistics that are required for this so I think, um, as the minister said, there's obviously a lot, a lot more statistics that potentially could come down the line in the economic strategy, and that's something that now we're moving into the delivery phase. How that's resourced and and how the economic strategy is, is managed from the centre and so on. That's something we'll be looking at. Um, 
obviously at the moment um, with limited resource, that's why I'm talk- we talk about the the consideration about different data sources and why why, why some are prioritised over others for the kind of real time dashboard. The data is all still there, but when we're talking about what we're looking at on a day to day or week to week or month to month basis, that's why we prioritise certain data sources over others to to not generate too much work for for not a lot of gain. But obviously, it's it's going to be a big a big project with the economic strategy um, looking into the monitoring and delivery of that, and that's something we're going to be looking at definitely. And of course, Minister, uh, finally, um, you uh, have the unenviable task of trying to balance the books. And uh, on the one hand, you know uh, that having really good statistical information is going to be of great use for you as a policymaker. But you also know that there's probably not quite enough resource to be able to fund it as well as, as it could possibly be funded. That, that's absolutely right, but it's getting that balance and it's trying to look at those key priorities. For instance, the dashboard has the up-to-date figures in terms of our reserves, how much money we've got in, in the bank, the, the rainy day fund, the NI fund, which is absolutely there to provide pension security for those people on our island. So it's important that people know the challenges we face, but also have the reassurance that their money is being well looked after, and also the ability to chart the success of, of government policies. And, and if, they, if they don't like what they're looking, looking at, get in contact with their MHK and question them. That was Treasury Minister Alex Allenson and Head of Economic Advisory Johnny Platten. Statistics Isle of Man is a relatively new body, as its head, Kelvin Corlett, explains. So Statistics Isle of Man, we've been working under that name since around October of last year. Uh, Prior to us, there was the Economic Affairs Division, and that started out very much as an office within government producing data for government that then gets published. As time went on, uh, economic affairs started to take on a few more rather than just purely economic data, some social data as well. And it was soon realized that we were looking at a situation where it was developing more into something like the Office of National Statistics or Statistics Jersey in this idea of, of a national statistical office. So the move to Statistics Isle of Man was made in order to reinforce that point and to start moving the ball forwards for the Isle of Man to have that rather than just a government office of, say, information, as you might call it, but an actual proper statistics office. And we're we're very much in the early days of that, but that is where the journey is envisaged as going. The independence of a statistical office from political interference is a basic international standard at this um, point in time. Uh, The UK started moving towards that in around about the 90s, um, and Statistics uh, Jersey is completely formally independent with its independence guaranteed by law. Um, so very much uh, the the desire is certainly to have a statistical office that the public can trust and that adheres to international standards as close as possible. Um, I desperately wish it was that easy. Uh, certainly technology has uh, made a huge difference Rather than making it easy in all aspects, 
facts, I'd say that the power of technology is that it's allowed us to do more and in different ways. And certainly there there are some ways in which it's made it a lot easier. So working with large data sets, a lot easier with a specialist piece of software than sitting there with paper or even a spreadsheet. Um, however, we do still use um, more traditional methods where they're most appropriate. Um, a good example would be the census of last year. Now, there was very much a push to have that as digital as possible, and we certainly did that by the digital by default method. But there has to be a recognition there that relying solely on that would exclude people. So we were offering alternative methods such as paper forms and allowing people to do it over the phone with someone. So those, those methods still very much have a place in our work. Generally, our work involves very targeted data collection. Whether it's inflation, we're going out and getting the data actively. Whether it's a survey, um, we're already specifying the kind of data we want. There are some areas where we might just have a mass of data and we have to go through that. But in those cases, you can implement a number of different procedures to try and get at what you want, what what you, is actually of value in there. You know, um, there'll be certain telltale signs uh, where you can look for bad data by comparing it with other data sets that are exactly as as you want them to be. So you can compare that and make judgments based on the data that you're seeing. That although we're statistics man, although we're the statistical office, we're dealing very much with official statistics, um, national statistics, that are these major figures that affect the life of the island. However, we don't produce all statistics that are issued. Um, our work is very, very focused at these particular types of statistics, which you know gives us slightly more ability to sift through things. Fortunately, uh, in 2021, uh, we published a code of practice relating to statistics. Uh, this came out of uh, the work of the first meeting of the Select Committee on Poverty, uh, where they called for our formal independence. Now, this code of practice was agreed um, in 221. It's available on our website. And it has a clause in there that very specifically states that sole responsibility for decisions relating to methodology and content of reports rest with, in this case, the head of statistics. And I would quite honestly um, point any minister or any politician or indeed any senior civil servant who made such a request to that and said, well, this is a condition of our code of practice, so I'm sorry, we cannot actually fulfill the, that request or that demand. Uh, yes, I, I'm a, a governor of a relatively small uh, school on the island, and you could have a year where all the children are incredibly gifted and as a result you have an exceptionally good result and then another year you may have 
one or two children who are less gifted than the mm. others. And uh, that has quite a dramatic effect and impact on, on the statistics that small sample sizes can, can produce all kinds of interesting uh, results. Absolutely. They're very volatile to, to changes and external factors and internal factors. I think you do see that in the island relatively frequently where you, you might see a jump or a fall in a certain figure and the temptation is to look at that and think, oh my word, that's something of immediate concern, especially if you can't uh, explain it right away. But as you say, often you have to wait to see how the trend develops, and it can just be an anomalous, an, an anomalous event, and things settle down into the previous trend quite quickly. That was Kelvin Corlett, Head of Statistics Isle of Man. Obviously, it costs money to collect this information, but making decisions based on sound, up-to-date, reliable and independent data must be a good thing. Don't forget this programme is available as a podcast on Manx Radio's website. For now, though, I'm Phil Gorn. Goromayu. Thanks for listening.